Welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith. Uh, I'm delighted, as always, to be joined by Ross Gregory. Good morning, Ross. Morning, Steve. How are you doing? Very good, mate. Very good. And uh, what a what a show, really, that we, we'll have today because Newcastle played last night, obviously beat uh, Arsenal 2-0. Champions League chasing Arsenal, uh, a team which, of course, uh, we haven't done so well against uh, at St James's Park in past years. And, 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 and again, breaking another record in the sense that Eddie Howe, um, you know, struggled against the top four teams uh, on a regular basis, but he's broken a, a personal uh, hoodoo as well. But fantastic to see, great result, great display as well by War Flags. But before we get into that tonight, uh, this afternoon, sorry, you are uh, obviously at the cusp of uh, a breaking news story at the moment, Ross. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so a little bit of transfer news um, coming out this morning, just uh, just dropped um, from um, from the Manchester United end, uh, actually, but it's um, Newcastle uh, uh, interested in signing Dean Henderson in the summer, the, the Man United goalkeeper. Um, there's talk of um, a £40 million valuation for, for Henderson, who is obviously an England international. He's one of um, he's one of the the um, the, the kind of high, the, the best goalkeeper prospects we have in this country. Um, had, a, had an excellent spell at, at Sheffield United. I saw him play there a few times when I was down covering there, covering some United uh, Sheffield United games down there. Um, really, really highly rated and, and full of potential. He's, he's career stalled a little bit since he went back to Man United. He was hoping to, to push for that, that number one jersey and that first choice jersey at, at Old Trafford. But David De Gea is um, obviously the man in um, in demand there. He's only 25 still. I can see a couple of comments there saying he's 25. Uh, it's prospect. 25 is young for a goalkeeper. You know, goalkeepers can play until their, until their late 30s quite comfortably. So um, he's, he's, he's highly rated. He wants to move in the summer. He's... Um, he's um, he's wanting to get into the England squad, obviously, for the World Cup in in, in November. Uh, so he needs game time. He's looking at either a permanent move or a or a loan move in the summer. It might be that that you know, Man United just let him go out on on loan. He's on decent money. He's on big wages. Um, but yeah, Newcastle are interested, and there is talk of a forty million pound bid. I know this this story came out in in January as well. You know, the what Newcastle did have a little a little sniff there at him in uh, in January. Um, but couldn't get a, a deal done for for one reason or another. Um, so yeah, that's that's the news coming out of out of Manchester as we speak. Just breaking news: um, Newcastle interested in the forty million pound uh, move for Dean Henderson this summer. What's Dean Henderson going to bring to the squad? I, I mean, I guess, and it's something I've banged on about on uh, here for the last couple of uh, weeks, is that 
you know, it's competition, isn't it? It's competition for places. And other names that have been linked uh, with Newcastle didn't really set the, the tongues wagging or, the, or the, the hairs on the back of your neck stand. I know Kasper Smeichel was, was mentioned. I spoke about this with Ben Jacobs yesterday. Um, you know, 35, wouldn't want to come to Newcastle as a, a number two um, and an understudy to Dubravka. So this really does give Dubravka a little bit of food for thought. He's, he's played well. Um, you know, he's a fan's favourite. Um, but you need backup. And, and when Dubravka's been injured, you know, some of these understudies haven't quite come in and been able to do the job in the same manner or fashion, have they? No, absolutely, absolutely not. You know, Dubravka's comfortably the, the the best goalkeeper at Newcastle at the season at, at this season at the minute. Um, you know, and there isn't a massive, um, massive level of competition there with him. Dean Henderson will not be coming in to play number two. He's a number two at Man United. He, he'd be coming in. To, he would be coming in to be a, a number one, and that would obviously mean either Dubravka moving or, or going down to be be number two. Um, if 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 they did move for somebody like like Dean Henderson. What he brings is he's got a, a, a real confidence about himself. He's got a real confidence in, uh, about his ability. Um, you know, goalkeepers need that, I suppose. They need to be very, very strong mentally and very, um, very confident. He's he's very good with his feet. He's, he's I think he's a better goalkeeper than Dubravka is with the ball at his feet, which is um, a vital part of of modern day football of modern day goalkeeping and, and something that Eddie Howe wants from his goalkeepers. He wants to be able to play out from the back. There's a reason why he's brought uh, why our why the two centre halves are Dan Byrne and, and Fabian Shea. Yes, they're good defenders, but they're also very comfortable on the ball. He wants to be able to play out and, and, and he, he feels I think that that Dubravka is maybe slightly slightly um missing in that department. Um look I can see some of the comments as well coming in about you know 40 million pounds for for a goalkeeper, it's a, it's a lot of money. That was my first first thought as well. You know, forty million pound for for Man United's second choice goalkeeper is a lot of money. If you put it into a little bit of context, how much did Sunderland play for pay for Jordan Pickford? That was that was thirty plus. Um, last summer, Arsenal paid thirty million for Aaron Ramsdale, um, who, who let's be honest, what didn't cover himself in any glory last night. But has had an excellent season. A similar type of profile, young English goalkeeper, early twenties. Uh, he went for thirty million plus from a from a relegated team, from a Championship team. You know, Man United have got a, a higher profile than that, and and uh, Henderson's got got a lot about him. Forty million is a lot of money if you're twenty five and you play for ten seasons. It's, it's the old Alan Shearer comparison. You know, fifteen million for Shearer was was a lot of money in the day, but you got ten seasons out of him. If you can get ten seasons out of a goalkeeper for forty million. Is it is it bad business? Is it worth the money? I don't know. Look, this is this is what prices are, are like these days. This is what transfer fees are like, and and we're, we're always going to have to get used to. I think there being a slight Newcastle premium on there on on potential signings as well. So um, that's the story. Whether it happens or not, um, we'll see. But a forty million pounds uh, interest in Dean Henderson this summer. Yeah, breaking news and uh, click on the link uh, in the chat. You'll be able to see uh, the full story. And, uh, and like I say, we're going to get a lot of this over the next uh, over the, over the next couple of months. First of June, I think it is, the transfer window opens. 
and uh, it will be very interesting to see what business gets done both in and out at St James's Park. There's a lot to do, um, and uh, from my perspective, I cannot wait uh, to to see that transfer window open. But uh, great stuff. Let's get back to last night, and um, I just want to show you these photos. George Frizzle um, on Twitter, Tune Army Fifty Nine, uh, posted a couple of the uh, the display last night, and uh, George has captured uh, these fantastically well. It's amazing what a uh, uh, you know, a good mobile phone can do these days, but um, just caught the, the the angles perfectly. I think of, of the displays just at the right time. And um, war flags, obviously, you know, it's fans who you know put money into the war flags campaign to keep it ticking over. And um, it, it's mind blowing each time I see these displays. But last night was really, really special, Ross. I know you weren't at the game last night, but. Just give us your your sense of feeling that you got from the the coverage on Sky. Yeah, look, I, I wasn't unfortunately at, uh, at St James's last night, but, but watched the full game um, from the comfort of my of my sitting room and and what came through loud and clear um, pre match during the game post match was the um, was the atmosphere was the you know the the the, the kind of the noise and the the passion and, and everything else like that. Now, I've I've said this I've said this a few times now, but the fans have got a huge part to play in, in what Newcastle United do, especially you know pre-match. If if you're an Arsenal young Arsenal player coming out, and Arsenal have got some decent players, and they're not fourth fifth in the table by by pure chance, they are good a good team with some good young players. But if you're coming out into a cauldron like like was at St James's Park last night, the the intimidation factor, the noise, the passion, the fervor, everything else like that, and it didn't just it wasn't just pre-match. You know, obviously the the, the war flags display was was fantastic as as it always is, but probably took it to to an absolute different level last night. Um, but if that noise continues all the way through the game, if if there's that passion, that that fervor, um, that intimidation. Um, it not only motivates and gets um, gets Newcastle players up for the game, and, and there's a lot of players who've spoken after the match uh, last night who've, who've praised and praised the atmosphere and said it plays a it plays a part. But it also can have a negative effect on the opposition as well. So um, the atmosphere just just shone through. It, it was it was it was it was it was fantastic to to listen to and watch on on the telly last night. I'm sure it was um, it was even better, obviously, in the in the stadium for those who are part of it. It's great to see that that kind of passion and, and, and noise back because let's be honest, we've all been to St James's over the last decade, and it's been at times flat and uninspiring, and and um, and there's been a malaise around the place. Um, some of us are fortunate enough to 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 have been there during the the, the mid nineties and and the Bobby Robson era and, and some big big games where. Not just evening games, you know, um, Saturday afternoons, Sundays, where the atmosphere has been absolutely electric. And if if um, if if we can get back to that on a consistent basis, and there's no reason why why it shouldn't it becomes an intimidating place in James's Park again. It becomes a real cauldron. Gary Neville mentioned it last night on on Sky Sports after the game about about how it used to be a, a, a really difficult place to to come as a player when he was a player with with that great Man United team, and. And I think that's shown over the last couple of months with the the home results, with some of the performances, some of the displays, that the fans have a huge, huge part to play um, in in a in a match day experience. 
Yeah, uh, keep it going. That's all I'll say to uh, the lads and lasses at War Flags. And, um, you know, fantastic gesture as well by the club to uh, take all the volunteers up to the training ground. I mean, Eddie Howe and the boys as well, Ross. Yeah, that's great. That, that, that was really nice to see. You know, I think that that's where that's where the, the new ownership of... Um, of really improved relations with the fan base and you know got everybody on side brought everybody into the into the fold and just little thank yous like that It'll, you know getting up to the training ground and, and having the picture taken and meeting the players and, and, and Eddie Howe it, that might seem like a, a really little thing but for but for a fan for for people who, who love the club and who follow the club it, that means so much and it'll stay with them for the rest of their lives yeah, it certainly will. And uh, as I say, never has uh, a set of supporters deserved anything as much as that. Let's get to the game. And um, uh, the Geordie Dentist, uh, who does the Three Amigos, and Geordie's here, there, Geordie's there uh, everywhere on Wednesday nights, uh, might have had a little bit of work last night because Callum Wilson um, had his tooth displaced. Uh, quite a shocking uh, challenge, I thought. And, um, you know, there was a couple of them last night. Fabian Scher, of course, uh, knocked clean unconscious uh, by... by um, you know, another Arsenal player. But uh, it wasn't really that kind of game. It was just physical. Arsenal obviously had a lot to play for. But I will go on record as saying that I felt, and I've been, obviously, like you, at St James's Park and witnessed many great occasions. That was up there with probably one of the best performances I've seen, team performances. And really, Newcastle should have been out of sight. Um, I haven't looked at the stats, I haven't checked the statistics, but it felt to me like Newcastle dominated that game from start to finish. And uh, in the dog and parrot after the game with Malcolm, I mean, it was 68% possession, I think, first half, something like 70% throughout the whole game. And that, for me, just tells you Newcastle were, were, were the dominant force. And it, it was it was up there with performances like the 5-0 the against Man United. Newcastle were completely dominant. And Arsenal really didn't look like the Champions League chasers. Newcastle did. Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree with you, Steve. Yeah, it, was, it was such a, a fantastic dominant performance. I thought they were, they were at it from the first whistle. They were... They were um, Pressing in the right places, they were physical in the right places. They were they were first to the a lot of the loose balls. Um, it was a it was an it was a really really solid performance. Now played well first off. I got to half time and I and I'll be honest, the, the the pessimist inside of me said, "Look, you've got to score when you're on top. You've you've played so well it, it, for 45 minutes and and kind of dominated without really creating massive amounts. You know, there was a couple of good chances, but not not great. I, I just thought, you know." Are they going to be able to keep that performance and that there was intensity levels up throughout the uh, throughout the second half, or, or will Arsenal kind of step up a gear because Arsenal were were poor for all, all? You know, I'm not. That's not me. Um, that's not me playing down how well Newcastle United played because because the performance was was brilliant. But Arsenal were poor. There's no two ways of, of uh, getting around that. So um, I thought Arsenal would come back strong in the second half, but Newcastle were just equally as as, as strong, equally as, as good. And it was a really, really dominant 90-minute, 95-minute, 96-minute performance. Um, as good as certainly as good as that they've produced over the last few years, five, six, seven years. Certainly the, the best performance, all-around performance I think I can remember in a in a long time. Um, really, really good. Um, Arsenal were were, were were poor over overawed, uh, intimidated by the occasion. Uh, you can use the word bottle. Um, I think it's probably fair to say it in in that sense that they never look like they've recovered from Thursday night. But that's not taking anything away from 
from how uh, from how Newcastle played because it was a it was a really really strong excellent performance. What difference has Callum Wilson made to that team? I mean, last night he's he's overall play and, and effort for me um, is something we've missed. And I mean, look, I've been a big Chris Wood fan. I know he's not going to be a prolific goal scorer. I know he'll be a squad player if he remains at St James's Park. Um, but you know what? Callum Wilson just showed you what we've been missing for months, and that is just energy, um, making those runs. Um, he was a nuisance for the for the Arsenal rear guard from from start to finish last night. Yeah, he looked really sharp, didn't he? And it's surprising, you know, he's not started a game for four months. I expected him to, the way he started in that first half, I just thought, Jesus, he's, he's going to burn himself out after 55, 60 minutes. If we can get 60 minutes out of him, then, then fantastic. But he's going to be he's going to be gone by then. The fact that he was still doing it in the in the 90th minute is is um is unreal, really. It was an it was an incredible performance. He gives you, he does give you that pace. He likes to run in behind, but he gives you as well. He look, Chris Wood. I'm, I'm not going to criticise Chris Wood because he's come in to do a do a job and he's played his he's played his part. But Chris Wood's six foot four, and I've not seen him bully centre halves like like what Callum Wilson did last night. You know, Callum Wilson absolutely gave Ben White and, and Gabriel a, a, a absolute you know torturous time, and, and Ben White wasn't fully fit. That was obvious, but Callum Wilson wasn't probably fully fit neither, and he just he absolutely um, he absolutely destroyed them. Real nuisance, deserved a, a goal. That one that just dipped and swerved away from the far post. That was, that was an incredible effort. He, he looked sharp in and around the box. You know, if he'd had another game or two under his belt, I'm sure he would have he would have put one or two of those chances away. It was an absolutely, absolutely outstanding performance. And and what it what, what it showed to me a little bit as well is that well, there's been a bit of talk and, and we've talked about it on this show, Steve, about about the summer and bringing strikers in and everything else like that. And I still maintain that Newcastle need. Two forwards in the summer, one through the middle, and probably a wide forward for me. But Callum Wilson's put his put his flag firmly in the sand. There, you know, if if there's going to be strikers coming in, this is the performances that you're going to have to produce to to, to take that jersey off me. It was an absolutely outstanding performance. Yeah, it certainly was, and um, you know, great to have him back. And, and let's hope that they continue in the same uh, form uh, down at Burnley. And uh, it's going to be. A fascinating weekend at the, the top and bottom of the table. Before I come to that, Steve Mowat mentioned something, which I know you might be able to give an opinion on. Morning, Stephen Ross. Thought the Sky Sports coverage was biased. They might as well call it Arsenal TV. We only got a small amount of praise and a small dig at our ownership. Now, I haven't watched it. I didn't record it. I got, I got out of the habit of recording these Sky games um, during the Ashley era. And I'm going to have to start setting the, uh, setting the record button, I think, now. I, I, I've made... I've made match of the day my uh, go-to for highlights because, let's face it, under Ashley, there wasn't many highlights. Um, but yeah, bias, bias commentating. I mean, th- who was it? Don't tell us it was Alan Smith. Alan Smith was co-commentator, yeah. Now, I like Alan Smith. I think he's a good, I think he's a good, I think he's one of the better ones, but he's, look, he's an Arsenal, he's an Arsenal man, an Arsenal fan. And there was, there was certainly some elements there during the game where he was, um, he was firmly, on on in the Arsenal camp, let's let's put it that way. That that's the way it was. I had to. I'll be brutally honest. It doesn't bother me. It, it it really doesn't bother me because if it was Alan Shearer doing on, I've I've listened to Alan Shearer call comment. He's a he's a Newcastle fan, so you'd expect a little bit as well. Y- yes, you want him to be to be kind of down the middle, but I don't mind it. I, I listen to Carragher. He's a Liverpool fan. What you know? I don't necessarily think you have to hide that. I think Smith was a little bit too much in terms of some of the 
the 50-50 stuff, it, it, you know, where he could have been a bit more down the middle than, than he should have done yet. Post-match, I know there was a bit of criticism post-match about it being fully focused on on Arsenal, or mainly focused on Arsenal, certainly for the first first bit post-match with, with Neville and Carragher. Again, look, I look at that, I look at this as a, as a journalist and as a as a um as a as a little bit more independently, I suppose. And and the story last night, you know, fantastic performance by Newcastle, but the national story last night for a Sky Sports audience it was was Arsenal imploding uh, and missing out on the Champions League. Unfortunately, that that that's that's my opinion as a as a journalist. That's the that's the line that they had to go down and they had to they had to focus in on on how Arsenal had, had imploded and missed out on a on a Champions League place because that was the, the big story. They did then go on to give Newcastle a lot of praise and Eddie Howe a lot of praise as well. So um I was quite comfortable with it with the Sky Sports coverage in the main last night. I thought Alan Smith was a little bit there, uh, a little bit the wrong side of the line though. Yeah, it's it's just the way it is. And you know, it's difficult, hundred uh, percent. And uh, Steve just says absolutely Ross for one hundred percent. Uh, hit the like button. Thank you, Kamal. Uh, obviously, the ownership is the other thing that Steve mentioned. We're always going to have that, though, and it's been one of those weeks, Ross, where Newcastle stoked the fire. Craig Hope's running a story this morning uh, to say that Newcastle have confirmed that the third strip uh, of green and white uh, it will be forthcoming. Got to be honest, mate, as somebody who you know has promoted for many years events and you know, you know, promote this show, I guess, you know, your marketing and promotion is very important when you have either something to sell or you have something to, you know, to, to, to grab the public's interest. And, and ultimately, job done by the marketing department, that will be, I would say, probably Newcastle United's biggest selling third strip of all time because, you know, Newcastle fans will buy it in this country, and around the world, and I think the people in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia will go mental for that. I agree. I agree. I think. I think the publicity that this this strip has got will will generate um, interest in it. it. It will generate. It will generate sales. It will. It will increase the the merchandising. Um, the, I suppose the the other side of the story is should they should they should they have gone for the, the green and white strip and. and is is it a is it a good move? Is it um is it a step too far? Is it you know, we can talk about sports washing or we like and look I don't want to I'm trying not to be overly negative this morning because because it was after such a fantastic night last night and, and the, the the positive way around it it leaves me I, I, you know you, you you bring me on the show Steve to, to give my opinion 100 percent Ross and that's what it's all about opinions yeah. are, are very important there's always two sides to the story so there go is, for it, mate. don't is. don't think you'll be judged or criticized by anybody on this channel I'm uncomfortable with it I'm uncomfortable with it in the sense that um I'm still uncomfortable with elements of the of the Saudi ownership I think that we need to make sure as fans and as journalists and as and as responsible people that 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 um things are done the right way and that the, a light is shone on some of the practices that that um that are clearly not right in in that part of the world and that that's fine i do think that this one's a, a little bit of a, a storm in a key in a teacup as well and, and and i will say that but this the other side of it for me is is a is a PR move. I, I don't think it's particularly great. I don't think that the amount of money and profile that's going to come from it to to do this to to run this strip. I just don't think it's worth the hassle. Personally, I I, I don't. I think they should have kept it a lower profile and just kept it, you know, 
keep the powder dry. Every every move is going to be scrutinised, Steve, as you said right at the start. Every move is going to be scrutinised that the ownership make. And I think just sometimes they just need to be a little bit more PR savvy and think, right, if we do this, what are we going to get out of it? That's good. What are we going to get? Is it going to outweigh the stuff that we're going to get that might be negative? And just take a, a view on it on on that. Um, I know I know my opinion won't be won't be um, won't be reflected elsewhere in in the in the in the um, fan base and, and within within journalists as well. But that's that's my opinion. I think it was a I think it was a I think it's a poor move in all, but it will sell shirts. There's no doubt about that. But at what cost? Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's going to be a talking point, and um, you know, eventually when it comes off the. Uh, you know, it comes off the the machinery, and it's in it's in the shops, and it's on sale. I'm sure there'll be more criticism. I want to get your take on the badge. Um, you know, tongue in cheek, I obviously you know suggested that the Saudi flag would be one, it's because I get a lot of grief, as you know, on social media. But taking away my my daft attempt at humour, um, these are the badges, Ross, 1969 to 76, which I didn't like, and that wasn't my era. 76 to 83. Uh, 83 to 88 and 1988 to present. Now, my favourite's the 1983 to 88, closely followed by 76 to 83, and then the 1988 one, which is the current one, is my third favourite. So pushing the 69 to 76 in the fourth place. Okay, first of all, which is your favourite, Ross? And secondly, is it time to change the badge? Yeah, really, um, really interesting subject. This one, Steve. So we ran a piece on the on the Chronicle. Matthew Ketchel ran a piece on the Chronicle on um, on Saturday around this and, and just about this conversation around the badge. Um, it's it's something that always gets people people's juices flowing. We had a lot of comments on it. We had a lot of reaction to it on the on the Chronicle um, site on on Saturday. It's a it's a good talking point. Um, I love the um, I love the the I love the NUFC one with the um, yeah I'm got it up there but the NUFC with the C underneath bent underneath um, yeah sorry that one the 83 to 88 I love that one because that's from from when I first started um, following Newcastle so that's that's kind of that's that's linked with me it'd be the same with you I, I do like the 76 to 83 one as well. Um, I, I think it needs a little bit of a refresh. I think it needs a little bit of a, a tweak. I wouldn't like to say it changed too much, though. Maybe it's just just modernised a little bit and, and brought up. I wouldn't want to see a radical kind of um, change away from it. You know, some people might. I, you know, I, I was involved a little bit with the with the Yorkshire Evening Post in, what, back in 2017, 2018, 2019, something like that, when, when Leeds United um, remodelled their badge and got it absolutely load of um of of feedback negative feedback from, <laughs> from, uh, feedback. from it was awful it was it was it was awful and to be fair to, to Leeds within say kind of 12 15 hours they just went right all right we might have got this one a little bit wrong and, and pulled the plug on it you've got to be very careful with things people like tradition and, and like that but I do think it needs a little bit of a tweak I don't know I don't know how but I do think it just needs a, a bit of a refresh yeah, lots of interest there. 1988 present for me, Sir Chantal. A lot of it comes down to age as well, you know. That's what it is. I mean, like, Ross and I have exactly the same, like, feelings towards that basic NUFC badge because that was our first badge. And likewise, somebody who is younger than us will probably go for the one that they've always known and, and so on and so forth. But, uh, yeah, it's fascinating. I've stuck the link to the Chronicles uh, article. It was a great article, and it certainly caused a massive online debate anyway, which is what it's all about. And uh, 
be prepared for more of this, I guess, from the Chronicle because there will be lots of talking points over the summer. And uh, when the football stops next Sunday, um, you know, there will be lots of rumours, counter rumours. So you've got to rely on the Chronicle to, to drum up a little bit of interest over the next couple of months. And uh, I think sure it's, I think it's the, the best thing it is, as well, Steve, is that you have that debate, though, you have that conversation about yeah. it, you know, you, you know, so you go on that Chronicle piece, and there's loads of stuff in the comments about the badges and stuff. And that's people can have their say on it, they, you know, people have their say on Twitter and everywhere else as well, obviously. But you know, you can have a that saying, and it's just good to, as a journalist, it's good to get a little bit of feedback and see what the what different elements of the, the readership and, and the fan base are thinking about about a badge or about this the Saudi strips. You know, there was we did a piece on the Saudi strip thing as well, the, the, the wear kit, and there was a lot of different feedback. It's not just yeah, the strip's great and 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 never mind anything else. There were some people who, who had different opinions, and that's what it's all about. Football's all about opinions, and that's that's why we love it so much. The big thing is, if you do change it, what's it going to be and how are you going to get the design? And again, that's just a, that's that's one for another day. Um, but the good thing about our owners is that they get the fans. Uh, I love the fact that they had the Burns on the pitch last night and, um, you know, that the, Mia Dad and Amanda, and this is one of Serena's uh, fo uh, photographs of Amanda, if it pops up, maybe it will, maybe it won't. I've got a slight technical issue with that one. But uh, yeah, look, Amanda, Mia Dad, Jamie Rubin, did a, did a walk around the pitch, not once, but twice. Um, first of all, they went round at half-time with the young youngins, which was fantastic to see them milking the applause, especially from the Gallagher. But then at the end, they kept the, they kept the distance between themselves and the players, and they went round separately. And I thought they deserved that. They went, me and Dad and Jamie went to see the food bank. They went, they went to see our very own Steve Hasty. Um, you know, give back. I love the video footage last night of Steve Hasty at the food bank doing what he does every every match day without fail. Me and Dad went across to him, give him a big hug, which was a bit of a thank you, I guess, for a lot of the conversations we had pre-takeover. It was that's the first time they've met since the takeover, and I loved that. Um, but to see them walking around the pitch. And taking the accolade, taking the time to speak to supporters, clapping the various ends, it was just fantastic. And it, it, it is a new era. It feels now very much like a new era. And although we are still suffering a little bit of post-Ashley oh, angst is the way to describe it, I think. I think now that we're safe, now that we've got a new transfer window opening up, now we've got new owners, now's the time to look forward. And I just think that, that rounded it off perfectly last night. That was Serena yeah, Taylor's yeah. by the way. Yeah, great. It, it, it was it was great just to see that. And the, the 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 owners are connecting in with the community. They are connecting in with the fan base, and you can see that. Um, you can see that last night was a perfect example. And, and a long may that continue. Long may they listen to the fans. Long may they listen to the community and and represent them in the in the in the best way possible. And um, and make make amends for some of the, 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 the stuff that's happened over the last decade, but do it on the right, on the right, uh, on the right levels, I think. Yeah, I would agree. Okay, big thank you, as always, to our sponsors. Uh, first up, Spider Miner, worldwide coverage from the guys, the only cryptocurrency miner that can mine five different cryptocurrencies at the same time, whereas using virtually no energy and it's VPN protected. Buy yours now at www.miner.spidervpn.com. 
Thanks also to Scott and the lads at skipsandbins.com. Telephone 0800 2545 2523. Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website www.skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pay as you go waste collection. Thanks also to LNG Family Funeral Directors 01913897245. And a Garden of Healing Dispensary, CBD Hemp and Cannabinoid Specialists. www.thgohd.com. Thanks also to qtechshop.co.uk. Makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls End, Newcastle, and the guys who run our website, nufcmatters.com. And thanks to Kleekai, meet the new game over screen, drop into a Clear Run device near you, available on Apple Store, Google Play, and Clearrun.game. Thanks to Media Arts for all the help with the video side of things. And if you want to subscribe, hit the Newcastle Legends logo in the bottom right hand corner, and you can subscribe for free. We still do seven shows a week. Hit the thumb up to like the video, click share to share to your social media, and drop into the comments to speak to like-minded Newcastle fans. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and the rest. Usually goes up 24 hours after the show has finished on YouTube. If you want to become a member, click the join button, and you can become a member. It's quite cheap on YouTube. Or... You can uh, use this QR code with your smartphone and it takes you straight to the NUFC Matters website to the membership pack side of things. And you get a cup, a pen and a scarf and a membership card and entry into the monthly draw. And if you're a subscriber, well, you can apply to get your free NUFC Matters car sticker. Uh, just simply subscribe to the show and uh, email john at nufcmatters.com. Uh, don't forget, we do support the food bank on here and uh, it becomes vital during the close season to uh, use this particular website, nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk. The match day bucket is virtual. You can make a donation 365 days of the year. Don't forget, our end of season due uh, is the 24th of June. Hopefully, Ross and I will both be there and uh, everybody else who contributes to NUFC Matters will like to get together couple of times a year in summer and Christmas. This is an evening with Mick Lewis and Andy Griffin. And uh, tickets are £12. Uh, doors are 7 o'clock. Tickets available from nufcmatters.com. And don't forget, uh, the Alan Shearer Ball uh, raffle is still ongoing. Limited to 99 tickets. Tickets are 2 You can go to the website at nufcmatters.com. Uh, and hopefully, if you win, you can be the proud owner of one of these balls. There's only 260 available. So you need to be in it to win it. Okay, uh, let's take a few questions. And I know there was a few uh, starting to mount up. Uh, Tom Dixon says, do you think we will sign Matt Target in the summer, Ross? He played well last night. Still a question mark over him. And reading his social media last time he played at St. James's Park. I mean, I don't know whether that was just an overall, you know, we're all had our last game and on you know one more to go but I don't know a lot of, there seems to be a lot of noise a lot a lot of noise about Matt Target saying that it might not be first choice we might be going for somebody else what's your thoughts on that yeah it's a it's a it's a tricky one isn't it I think he's uh, I think he's certainly again in the we'll talk about Cal Wilson before but in the box seat you know he's he's come in he can't have done any more he's he's set his his stall out um but, but what I would say is that I do think that this ownership and Eddie Howe will be ruthless as well. They won't just they won't just sign somebody because they think you know it, it's the best thing, it's the nice thing to do. Or I think they will look at the 
at being ruthless and, and you can talk about Dubravka. You know, Dubravka's been a, done really, really well for, for Newcastle, but I think they will be ruthless if they think they need a better goalkeeper and there's a better goalkeeper available, they'll do that. And I think that'll be the same with, with Matt Target. They'll, they'll look at the options in the summer and see who might be, who else might be available as a, as a left-back. Um, but Matt Target certainly, um, he's certainly done a, a fantastic job. And I think as well, if you, if you can get him at a, at a good price, then it might just uh, tip the balance for for him as well. I think he's uh, I think he's done really well though. Yeah, Omar Sadiq says uh, proud of our team. I think the top four movement will be quicker than most fans think. Just need three or four top players. The future looks good. David R says I thought ASM was superb last night. I'd hate to see him leaving the summer and join another Premier League club. We need to give him a full season with better players around him and a striker with movement, uh, which uh, is interesting. David says ASM is going nowhere. So, uh, next question, and uh, this one comes from George Bainbridge, which is a regular one, which uh, Liam and I used to get quite a bit uh, when this rumour started. Has the date for Dan Ashworth been agreed, and what is the latest on club sponsors? No news, really, on on any of that. And I think the last time we got asked this question, Ross, it was that we know that Dan Ashworth's going to be cheaper to get from Brighton um, the further down the line it gets this year. And Newcastle are prepared to wait for him because of the effect he's going to have on the club. And, and as for the club sponsors, well, there's no news on that at this moment in time. So I think nothing's changed, Ross. No, nothing, nothing's changed. It's still uh, still works in progress on, on both fronts. Dan Ashworth will be in before, you know, I, I, unless there's a major a major change. I think it'll probably be maybe early autumn now that, he, that he'll be in. But... Um, but yeah, I think they just need to just need to be patient on that front, and the the sponsors will, will be uh, being lined up as as well, no doubt as well. So yeah, no no change on those two. Tim Cairns, morning. He says, Ross, who do you think? Uh, who do you feel we've seen the last of from our present squad? I mean, you know, there's a few players I think will be hitting the exit door. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you look at the you look at the squad last night. Um, I think I think that it, there's obvious kind of. Uh, names that you can put in the frame, you know, I don't think I don't think Dwight Gale will be in and around the, the club next season. I don't think um, I'd be surprised if Isaac Hayden was Matt, Matt Ritchie, Ritchie, Matt Ritchie as well. You know, I know Matt Ritchie and Eddie Howe have a really good relationship and, and a, a strong working relationship going back going back a, a period of time. But I, I I don't think he'd be part of the setup um, next season. And then the the rest will just depend on on how many how many players come in. You know. Fernandez will be away. Um, you think one of the fullbacks will, will probably be away, whether it's Mankiw or, or Kraft, who, who, to be fair, has been been excellent. Um, it just depends how, how how many players they want to bring in in the summer and in what positions as well. But yeah, there'll be four, five, six, seven maybe who who disappear. Yeah, it was, it was interesting that Dwight Gale was chosen as the person to get the farewell from the crowd last night. Um, you know, because obviously we, we got that rare opportunity to make uh, to, to make four substitutions. Obviously, with Cher going off with a concussion, um, it was it was interesting to see that he chose Dwight Gale. I thought he might have given Matt Ritchie the opportunity, but yeah, Dwight Gale came on and almost scored. Yeah, I I, I agree. I thought um, I thought it would have been. I thought he might have given Matt Ritchie a, a bit of a run out, especially. When Matt Target kind of went down with a little bit of a, a, a tweet on his hamstring, I thought Matt Ritchie might have got got the knot to come on at the, uh, on the left side, or even when you, when they took ESM off and, and brought Fraser on, I thought Matt Ritchie might have got a got a nod as well. So, um, but it was it was good for for Dwight Gale to get these these uh, these two minutes <laughs> worth on the on the pitch. He's, he he could probably have 
he's probably wishing that he's had a lot more more game time over the last uh, over the last twelve months. But yeah, I think those two will certainly be on the way. Jonathan Gray uh, and Fallen Angel both asking similar questions. Do we know if any season tickets will go on general sale? And morning, fellas, any news on season ticket availability after the renewal day this past? I mean, nothing on that at the moment. I don't think. I've not heard anything. No, no, not not aware of anything on season tickets at the minute. Yeah, and, and they're getting inundated at the box office. I've seen many people on Twitter, you know, getting irate, getting upset. I know my dad's had an issue uh, with his season ticket number and is now going to have to go in because he's been locked out of his account online. And it, it, it does become frustrating. But I, I think as well, I think we've got to give the club a little bit of time. I mean, you know, <laughs> the stuff that Ashley did at the club, or didn't do, should I say, um, you know, has, has led to a lot of frailties behind the scenes. And Rome wasn't built in the day. Um Ticket side of things is very important, and season tickets, etc. But the box office, etc. I think again, it's just another part of the part of the infrastructure which needs a bit of a look at and a refresh. Um, and I think once once we get in and, and get sorted with that, and I think things will run a lot smoother. But at the moment, there does seem to be a lot of teething issues. But um, you know, stick by them. We've got to get it right because that's uh, one of the most important things. Uh, as I say, for a, for a football club to get that kind of thing right. Uh, Omar says, which striker would you go for? Love Wilson, but he's made of glass. I think Nunes would fit the bill. Any good Premier League strikers you would take? Hopefully we get rid of Wood. Absolutely garbage. Don't hold back, Omar. Um, Malcolm McDonald on this show calls him dead Wood. Uh, honestly, I mean, look, the guy, the guy was, you know good enough to come here and do his best. And don't forget, he played every game in that nine-game unbeaten run. Um, I understand he's not prolific, he's not a goal scorer. I still think he'll play... I think he'll play a part over the next 12 months as well. Uh, you know, he was a short-term buy and he, and he weakened at one of our relegation rivals. So I will always stick up for Chris Wood. From my perspective, though, um, yeah, the, the striker, as Ross has already said, Earlier in the show, he's got to. We've got to bring somebody in who can score goals, and it's it's the trickiest. It's the trickiest part of the transfer window for us, Ross. I think other other, other positions are are easy, you know, are easier to, to to do. But you know, clubs don't want to let their strikers leave if they can help it, and you know, they're, they're very keen not for them to go to potential rivals as well. So it's they've got to get this one right, and I'm not sure if there's any Premier League strikers you would take other than. Jesse Lingard, I know a lot of people are saying his, his wages are too high or he knocked, you know, Manchester United knocked us back and they might not do business with us. But in, in the grand scheme of things, I'd still I'd still like to see either a, a Rashford or a Lingard come to Newcastle because they're, you know, they could do a job, yeah. I, I agree. I, I think, um, well, for me, it, it, you're right, it's it's absolutely the, 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 the most crucial part of the transfer window and it's the, it's the area where they're going to have to spend really, really big and going to have to Probably shatter the, the the transfer um the transfer record as well the club's transfer record in the summer um there's a there's a number of players that they are that they are looking at and, and monitoring and and um I think obviously Dominic Calvert Lewin is is one of those and that that's been that's been mentioned um previously as well um would you take him he's very very good in the air he's very mobile he's had a, he's had a horrendous time with with injuries over the last twelve months but. Um, I know he, he, he splits opinion when we've mentioned him on, on here before. Um, but I think he's I think he's a good option personally. And, and I wouldn't necessarily don't always look at what a player's done in the past, look at what he potentially can do. You know, I think Eddie Howe's shown that he's a good enough coach to get to improve players and get the, the maximum out of them. Um so Calvert Lewin's a, 
an opportunity, a possibility. Nunes has obviously been been mentioned. I'd, I'd be I'd be staggered if um, if Newcastle were able to 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 get Nunes away from um, from one of the, the big boys because of um, because you know the the club doesn't yet have have Champions League Champions League. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they continue to to look abroad. Um, but um, Akitike, I can never pronounce his name. Right. Nobody um, can, don't worry. <laughs> the young French lad, there's, there's, there's definitely still an interest there, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if that one, um, if that one comes comes around in the in the summer again. And then there's the likes of um, of Patrick Schick as well, the, um, who's playing in, in Germany at the minute. Who's a, another um, good option, I think. So there's plenty, there's plenty out there. Um, but you're going to have to spend 50, 60 million, I think, to, to get somebody of the of the right um, of the the right caliber, the right the right levels to be able to take the take the club forward. You're going to have to offer them big wages as well because some of these guys will be will be offered decent money and and Champions League or European football elsewhere. But there's a, there's four or five that they are keeping an eye on. Um, it's just going to be a, a really interesting summer again, Steve. Any news on Paquette again? A link, a name that's been linked. Yeah, um, not that I've heard. If I'm if I'm being honest, you know, I, I don't really know too much about him. I know he's he's obviously um, he's obviously been linked, and in, in, you know, Bruno's mentioned him, and, and a couple of others have. But I don't really know too too much with him, uh, too much about him, and I, and I don't know any any news on on, on that. I, you know, I have heard, like I said, Calvert Lewin is, is somebody that they're interested in. Uh, the French lad is is someone they're interested in. Patrick Schick is someone that they're interested in. Um, but I've not heard. I've not heard about Paquette. Any Brazilian will do me like uh, that. Bruno <laughs> plays with like to be fair because he is just uh, just a simple, just a genius. He really is fantastic player. Uh, and we long have we waited for a player of his caliber to come to St James's Park. It's been fantastic. Question for Ross: Would you keep Sean Longstaff or would you sell him? Thought he had a good game last night, Ross. I thought he was excellent last night. Uh, quietly effective, I, I, I said on on Twitter. I thought he I thought he was in the right places at the right times. He pressed. He he had he had a lot of energy. He he played his part in in both goals. You know the the first one when he, he, he it was his switch of play out to out to the left from the throne, which which allowed Newcastle to get in down the the left hand side. And then he's you know a lovely little little dink through ball for Callum Wilson for the for the second goal, which which Bruno followed up. Obviously, I thought he played really really well. It was the best I'd seen him play for for um for a while. Um, he's out of contract, isn't he? This summer is it this summer or is it next summer? I think he's out. Next of summer, I think. Yeah, next summer. I'd I'd keep him certainly. Um, I think I think he showed last night that the, that there is certainly a player in potential there. Um, I thought he was. I thought he was really good. Yeah, uh, me too. Uh, is the option to buy Target definitely set at fifteen million? Says David. Uh, that was that was right, wasn't it? I think it was fifteen million. Yeah, I think it'd be. I think it. I think if it's fifteen million, it's it's good value. You're not going to yeah, get many definitely. many Premier League centre uh, left backs for fifteen million. No, definitely not. Omar says Enketia. That's how you say it. That's how you say it. Thank you for that. Uh, thanks for that. Tom says I would take Jesse Lingard, and I think he will come. Yeah, I've got a feeling he will, and he's very good friends with Kieran Trippier, and I think he will play a big part in attracting other players. There's also talk of a left back uh, from Spain that Trippier uh, quite you know gets has a good relationship with, coming from his old club. So, did you see? Did, did you see Trippier last night? It was uh, he was just as a side note. Trippier last night when when. When he was warming up, he's down on the on the sidelines warming up. 
and my target was taking throw-ins or, or uh, certainly in the first half or, or free kicks or corners or whatever. And, and <laughs> Trippier was virtually standing there. You could talk to him. He was, he's almost coaching him on the on the sidelines. He's he's a proper proper leader. He's a proper he's a proper team player and he's a proper bloke. He's, I would say over the ninety minutes of the game, he was doing that for about seventy minutes. Yeah. And um, mm. he was he was superb, and that was that was great. And he was living it. He was jumping up and down when there was like a missed chance, and celebrate when there was a goal. It was just great to see. Great to see. Yeah, he's definitely a leader. Uh, Omar says, "Would you swap Almiron for Maxwell Corney?" Mm, no. Played think, well. Think... Played well again. Almiron last night again. If if you're gonna if you're gonna have a player who you're gonna carry. In a game, who's not going to have many assists or goals, then easier, easier man, I think, because he, he gives you a hundred percent commitment. Works, yeah. His, his his energy and his commitment and his work rate is is fantastic. You know, he closed Ramsdale down there. He got a, nearly got a goal just through his his, his sheer willpower and and work rate. I, I would I would be tempted to to move Almiron on in the summer. I think I think there's better players out there than Maxwell Cornier, though. Um, I think if you're bringing players in. They need to be of a substantially better, um, better standard than than what you're replacing. And I don't corner the Almiron. I don't think I, I don't think it's it's a massive uh, upgrade. Yeah, uh, we're going to get asked this every week, I think. But uh, what are your thoughts on his? Um, is it a case of getting better players around him, or just that he's not good enough to produce consistent performances? I, I, last night, I, it was again. It was one of his better performances. Um, but it, you know, it, I still think it, the jury's out. I, I would not be surprised if Newcastle cashed in on him and replaced him. But at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if Newcastle decided let's build around him. I thought last night it was his be- it was a better game because he he did do a bit of defensive work. He, he released the ball quicker. There was less of the showboating. There was more. There, there was. You listen to what Eddie Howard said. I got in early last night. I mean, we were all asked to go in 10 minutes early, but I got in about 20 minutes before kickoff and in time to see them warming up. And the warm-up really reflected the game. There was a lot of passing, moving, shooting, passing, moving, shooting. The the drills that they were doing pre-match, you could see them carrying it into the game. And and that that was, it was, it was very clear that they they all listened and they were all focused and all did what they were told. And I, I think the SM fell into that category last night. So, yeah, absolutely. That was the one thing that, that struck me in the first kind of 20, 25 minutes. And I think I, I, I tweeted it as well, is that he just moved the ball so much quicker. You know, instead of taking, I mean, don't get us wrong, he's still taking five touches um, before he releases it, but he's not taking 25 touches before he releases it. You know, he Matt Target made some really good overlapping runs and he and he released released the ball at, at good times or into, into Joe Linton a couple of times as well. He just moved the ball and released it a, a lot quicker. I mean, that was obviously... Um, as you know, he's been instructed, probably in coach, to to do that. And Eddie Howe does like a, a quick passing game as well. You know, he just like that ball released quickly. So, you know, he was a he, it was one of his better performances last night over the last uh, over the last few months. And and it showed that he's maybe he's listening and he's he's if he continues like that, then maybe he will have a, a place in the in the team next season. Yeah, I I, I just think you know. I... I genuinely feel that it's going to be one of those situations where if there's a huge offer comes in for him, they might decide actually we'll cash in on him. But yeah, I can I can equally see them, you know, keeping a hold of him. Steve Mowat says uh, ESM played well last night because he kept it simple. Yeah, I would agree. Um, who is the one player you would like to sign from the Premier League? De Bruyne for me, Owen. Uh, 
I've said this uh, a few names now, but definitely De Bruyne. What about you, Ross? Oh, De Bruyne, without a shout out, he's absolutely insanely good. He is. He's insanely good. He's, he's that good that I think now that he's, if you're having a conversation about the greatest Premier League 11 of all time, so over the last 30 years, I think he's got to be in that conversation as, the, as one of them attacking mid, or, or central midfielders. You know, you'll talk Gerard and you'll talk uh, Lampard and Vieira and Keane and Scholes and so on and so forth. I just think he's absolutely, he's been at the top of his game for four or five seasons now. He's incredible. Those four, those four goals he scored the other day and all on his left peg were absolutely fine. It was just phenomenal. It was just a masterclass in how to play, you know, play midfield. It was, uh, yeah. he's exciting. He's brilliant. He's power, powerful. He can pass. He can, he can drive. He can shoot. He can tackle. He, he's, he's got it all. He's, he can play as a centre forward or as a false nine. He could play out wide. He could stick him in right back. I think he'd be great. He's just a, an incredible, incredible player and, and certainly in the, in the top. I think he's in the top 10, 15 players of the Premier League scene. Yeah, that's, that's why, you know, Man City and Pep deserve a lot of credit and probably why they deserve to win the league again because, you know, without centre-forward, they've, they've, they haven't redesigned the game. They've just learned to play without the centre-forward, you know, and, and, and obviously they've, they've, you know, they lost Aguero and now Haaland's coming in. Um, be interesting to see how he fits in. But uh, yeah. last, couple, last couple of questions. Uh, Tom Dixon says, would you play Chris Wood and Wilson up front against... Burnley on Sunday. It depends if Chris Wood's fit. I think he was injured last night. Yeah, he was. He was uh, injured last night. Had a, had a bit of a, a knock. You'd, you'd be tempted to, wouldn't you? I, I don't. I mean, they won't. They, they won't change the formation. I don't think Eddie Eddie Howe will change the formation from a from a four three three. That's that's where. Doesn't out. like the front two, does he, Eddie? No, no. Um, and and I know Wood and, and Wilson. I think would probably link up quite well, but you'd, you'd, then you'd lose something else in the midfield and so on and so forth. Chris Wood, obviously, going back to, to Turf Moor, going back to, to Burnley, um, could potentially relegate his old his old club if he if he's um, if he or Newcastle could relegate Burnley, you know, it, and Wood might play a part off the bench unless unless Callum Wilson suffers any kind of suffered any adverse reaction to his his uh, exertions last night. He's probably probably lying down in a darkened room somewhere or, or getting a Getting a uh, getting a few massages the day on on those legs because he put in a hell of a shift last night. I don't think Wood would would start. You'd probably stick with the same the same front three as that uh, as that started last night. But you might have a you might have a role a really crucial role to play off the bench and, and silence those Burnley fans. Yeah, how said he doesn't see his playing with two up top. The game's changed big style. Yeah, it has, and that's why people like Steve Bruce etc. You know, I was having this conversation with a, a Sunderland fan the other day. Um, you know. These managers, you know, I can't find it in the history books now. Tony Poulos, Alan Kirbishley, uh, Steve Bruce, really, you know, uh, Roy Hodgson. Um, you know, the list is endless. And uh, you know, that era of football is, is no longer with us. We've moved on. It's a different game now. It's a faster game. There's more foreign imports. It's uh, long gone of those days. Uh, El Stapleton, I was, uh, was going to echo this one. But, yeah, I mean... Uh, yeah, Mark are in Spain. I mean, honestly, these foreign newspapers have got a lot to answer for. Say, Mourinho is replacing Eddie in the summer. Surely it's clickbait. Yeah, Eddie Howe's going nowhere. No, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I've always, having said that, I have always had a feeling, I've always had a suspicion that, that Mourinho might end up at St. James's Park. He might end up as, as Newcastle manager at some point, but I, I think that ship's now probably... Probably sailed, um, but he, yeah. Ever since the ever since the, the Bobby Robson days and his relationship with 
with Sir Bobby. I've always felt that uh, Mourinho might somehow end up as uh, in the Newcastle dugout, but but not this summer, no. Yeah, and, and you know what? Jose Mourinho, when he first came to the UK as a manager, yeah, I would have loved him as a Newcastle manager, following in the footsteps of Sir Bobby. But you know what? Now, even he, in his last few jobs, you know, he just hasn't quite worked out. And I know it's still better than what we've achieved. He still managed to win the odd trophy here and there. But you know what? It's been it's been a different Mourinho. I and, and again I mentioned it on this show. I feel that the the dispute that he had with a female doctor or physiotherapist or whatever she was on the sidelines, I don't think he ever recovered from that because that was the mm-hmm. first time we saw a different side of Jose Mourinho. And um, the documentary when he was at Spurs, we saw a different side of him again, and it's. It's it's not what it's not what I want as a Newcastle manager. I want to see somebody like Eddie Howe, like Joe Harvey, like Kevin Keegan, uh, like Rafa Benitez, people who can conduct themselves properly, you know, in the dugout and on TV, and of course, who can coach a football team. And that's what it's all about. And I don't want a manager who wants it all to be about him, um, you know, and love the focus, love the attention, and making little quips in press conferences. Rafa's a little bit like that, but. Rafa still got it. Do you know what I mean? And that's why he can be mentioned in the same light as Joe Harvey, Kevin Keegan, and you know, and now Eddie Howe, you know, and let's hope Eddie Howe becomes the first manager since the late great Joe Harvey to finally uh lead a team to some silverware, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I think I think Mourinho's if you if you look at a, a, a kind of a graph of, of somebody's career, you know Mourinho's at his peak, and he's he's certainly on the on the way down on on his career. You hope that Eddie Howe's career is still yet to peak. Yeah, let's uh, let's hope so. Okay, well, uh, one more game to go uh, before the end of the season, mate. And Newcastle uh, travelled to uh, Burnley uh, for the final game of the season, and something to play for for the for the uh, for the the Burnley home team. It's. Um, it's going to be interesting because there's games, obviously a couple of games to play this week at the top and the bottom of the table. But let's focus. Let's focus on the bottom, uh, bottom, uh, the bottom of the table. And Burnley, Leeds, and Everton all still in danger of the drop. Everton in the driving seat at the moment. They really, uh, you know, really shouldn't drop. You wouldn't have thought they've got a midweek game, which if they win, will see them safe. Uh, then it leaves it between Leeds and Burnley. And uh, we kick off at four o'clock at Turf Moor. Uh, no live coverage at the moment, but that may change because of the predicament. All 2,350 tickets have been sold for the away end. Joe Willick and John Joe Shelby will miss out due to injury. Still doubts over Chris Wood and Fabian Scher and Javier Manquillo, but obviously more will be revealed later in the week. And uh, it's, you know, it's got a feeling of... of you know, celebration for Newcastle. Um, it's got a feeling of the game when we went down to Fulham a few years ago, and uh, you know the you know the flip flops weren't on on then. Newcastle run out four 0 winners. Um, what's your feeling about this game, Ross? How do you think it's going to go? I think it's going to be tight. I think it's going to be a real physical battle. Uh, obviously, Burnley will be scrapping for their for their lives. It'll, it's going to go down to the, the last the last day of the season for for them whether they can whether they can survive whether they can get out of it you know Leeds got a, a really kind of 92nd 93rd and equaliser at the weekend which which was a real um a real blow for for Burnley so I think it's going to be a, a tight one Newcastle can go and just play with a bit of freedom you know play with a bit of you know express themselves um no pressure um on the on the team you know and and, and hopefully finish off with um 
with a strong performance and carried out the momentum from from last night into into um, into Sunday's as well. But I do think it's going to be a, a tight, tense battle. Yeah, me too. Prediction? I'll go for 2-1. Two, 2-1 one. Two, one, Newcastle. 2-1 to Newcastle. Okay, great stuff. If you didn't hear the breaking news at the top of the show, I have stuck the link at the top of the chat, and that is that Newcastle are still interested in Dean Henderson from Manchester United. Uh, certainly going to pick, pick up pace that and see when the transfer window is open on the 1st of June. Uh, get ready for a, a lot of speculation um, uh, for ins and for outs. Don't forget you can follow Ross uh, on Twitter. Uh, just look for Ross Gregory comes up right at the top. And uh, don't forget to check in on his stuff on the Chronicle. And uh, yeah, Ross, been fantastic, mate. That hour has flown over. Enjoyed the last game of the season and I look forward to seeing you next Tuesday, mate. You too, Steve. Cheers. Cheers, everyone, for joining.